Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Tuesday edition of Lockdown Rams. We are really excited. We've got an awesome guest today. It is Dean from the Rams Brothers, the podcast. If you guys aren't listening to them, you got to go check them out. Uh, they're all over the place, just like us, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, all that and more. Go check them out. Awesome stuff there, brothers that know a lot about the Rams, a lot about the history. They talk with passion, and it reminds me of me and my brother just kind of kicking it and talking football, so I enjoy, always enjoy their podcast. We'll get to him in just a minute. Don't forget, like I mentioned, go find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Hit the subscribe button. We're posting shows five days a week, your team, every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network, uh, as well as on social media. Always interact with us. Uh, share pictures. We saw a lot of awesome pictures coming from the London game. We always appreciate you guys tagging us. It's Lockdown Rams, all account, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that and more. Also, while you're on there following everyone, give the Rams brothers a follow. That way you can stay up to tune with what they are doing and when they are posting. They actually just had our buddy Jake Ellenbogen on their latest podcast, uh, kind of breaking down that Atlanta's Falcons win. But today, uh, we're going to talk a little bit here. Since we're on the bye week, we're going to talk about uh, really where the, st- where the team stands here this bye week, five and three, kind of look at how we feel about that, looking at some potential trades as the trade deadline's right around the corner, uh, the future of Brandon Cooks, and we'll cover a few more things as well. Uh, so we've got a great show, and with that, let's just get into it. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and I'm joined by Dean, and this is your lead story. Dean, the Rams have won back-to-back games, and in those two games, they've outscored their opponents 61-20. to But with that said, the record of those two opponents have a combined of 1-15. and What number means more to you uh, when you look at those two numbers and and why? Well, I mean, I I think that, you know, the the schedule right now, you know, what has played out over this has really been, you know, the most fortunate situation that the Rams have ever have have been able to come across for this season, at least, Um, you know, to to be able to get things back on track, to be able to you know, establish some continuity with David Edwards, um, you know, to be able to, to for for Goff to be able to progress a little bit more in the pocket and for things to come together there. The addition on Jalen Ramsey completely shook everything up. So honestly, that number to me is just an opportunity for the Rams to kind of start to piece things together and start to move more so in the right direction, something that they've been missing out on over that game skid. No, you bring up some really good points there, and you talk about David Edwards. And when you look about, you know, looking at him joining this offensive line, and things have kind of mellowed out as far as it mm-hmm. seemed like in that Niners game, it was almost like, you know, uh, the trash can was on fire the way we were looking at it, right? Like you're just going, what is wrong with this offense? David Edwards comes in. Obviously, we've had other guys play a little bit better, and we've seen Sean McVay kind of switch things up. We've been getting back to some play action. We've been getting back to the running game. Uh, We've been moving Goff in the pocket, kind of rolling him out. But do you think David Edwards could be a long-term solution there, 
Or is it kind of a plug-and-play situation right now where he's just really helping out kind of getting through, you know, this season? I think he's grading really highly right now. And we're not just going to take the time to look at the PFF grades. But, you know, aside from all that, you're just looking at the tape and watching him, you know, work alongside of Andrew Whitworth. He could be potentially a player of the future that they keep in that position. You know, I don't think it's necessarily plug-and-play because the Rams have to establish that continuity that they're missing out on from what they had last year with. Uh, with Saffold and Whitworth and John Sullivan. You know, all that whole left side of the line was all changed up this year with Noteboom coming in and Brian Allen. So to, to establish continuity and for somebody to come in, I believe played some tackle in college too. Uh, you know, he's able to, to kind of shift around. And if somebody goes down, now they have some depth um, with, with who they brought in from the Browns. And there's a little bit more continuity all throughout the offensive line now. So I don't necessarily think it's a plug and play. I, I think that they're going to l- try to ride him as long as they can to see what they can they can continue to do there. Yeah, and as we flip it over to the defense here, you talked about Jalen Ramsey, and you know, we've seen a, seen a lot of guys step in and, and you know really play really well. I mean, Troy Hill, I think he was, as you talked about, pro football focus numbers. I think he was the highest graded uh, defensive player in that game last week on Sunday, and he's going to continue to get some action over there with Jalen Ramsey on the other side. Um, you know, there's talks, and we'll get a little bit further into this down the road, but there's talks about... Uh, you know, moving to leave and bringing in some other assets. Uh, do you think we're okay in the secondary as it sits right now? Or do you think, you know, the expecting to leave back is kind of that boost uh, near the end of the season that we might need to kind of get that push for the playoffs? I think expecting to leave back is the necessary mindset. I mean, look at where they were at last year and they were expecting to leave back. And once he came back, you know, they were so much better on that side of the field. I feel like that's exactly what they're waiting for this year. And then you can rotate Troy Hill in if you have to, if something happens with Tlaib or, you know, he goes down with another injury. The, whatever else happens, you know that you have some depth there with Troy Hill. And, you know, despite the fact that he's 29 years old, Wade Phillips likes him in that position. You know, he thinks he's able to, p- to play that position as well as, you know, somebody else that would be able to come in. But, you know, he just said there's a little bit of an advantage there because he's been with the Rams for such a long period of time that it feels like if he's in the game, there's a level of comfort on that side of the field just because we kind of know what he can do. And we're kind of expecting, um, you know, for him to play, uh, you know, up to speed with the rest of the defense. You know, hey, not, not because he's missed a couple years and he hasn't been, uh, you know, on the field for, you know, all the snaps and all those kind of things. But, you know, it really feels like once he's going to be once he's able to establish himself in that position, he's fine. And, you know, you're just hopeful that once Tlaib comes back, you just have more depth in that position. Yeah. And, and depth is one of those things at that position that we stack a bunch of. And that's what we'll talk about later in the podcast as we start to look at potential trade suitors and, you know, less need. I love it. In one of those press conferences, I think when we got Jalen Ramsey, he was up there on the mic for about 15, 20 minutes, and he was probably the most open we've heard of him. And he kind of even talked about how a lot of teams love our depth at the cornerback position and knowing how much he wheels and deals that, uh, you know, with the trade deadline around the corner, it might be one of those positions that he looks to, you know, if it's not Tlaib, knowing that Tlaib will be coming back, maybe it's one of the young guys uh, trying to get a little bit more help, you know, at offensive uh, line or even at linebacker who knows what you know the crazy mind of Les Snead is up to and before we kind of kick over the next segment we're talking about uh, Les Snead and the wheeling and dealing what are your thoughts on the draft picks that he's given up are you on the side that you value draft picks and you think man you're getting us in trouble in the future here or do you kind of have the confidence nope. in in Les Snead and what he's doing as far as finding talent later in the draft no, I, I very much trust the process. And I, you know, when you're looking back in his draft, he doesn't necessarily make the best decisions, you know, aside from 
Aaron Donald, Todd Gurley, and Jared Goff. You know, his other first-round decisions were a little bit shaky. But then you look into the second, third, fourth, fifth round, and there are all players. You know, you got, you know, Taylor Rapp has been on the field for 100% of the snaps over the last three weeks or two weeks or whatever it was. And, you know, you're getting Marquis Christian who's playing really well, and Littleton's playing really well, and, and Sebastian Joseph Day and, and Tanzel Smart and Obo came in for his first sack. All these guys are rotating in and are playing really well. And I think that they have some serious potential with all those players that they were able to draft in late rounds. So I don't feel like they're missing. They're necessarily missing out on anything in the first round. And Jalen Ramsey is a proven first round talent that you're inevitably going to have to pay at some point, one or another. You have to do the same thing in the first round. If you take a rookie, you you know, you're eventually going to have to try and frame that contract in a similar way. And with the new CBA, you know, everything's kind of up in the air right now. So the salary cap might be a little bit higher. There's a lot of options that I think the Rams are going to have. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, and, and you always, with less need, it seems like he always would rather worry about that problem later than have to think about it now. And uh, I'm kind of with that solution as far as how he's going aggressively after some of these proven players. And like you said, I mean, he's hit a couple guys in the first round, but you just can't really predict that's always going to be the case that you're going to get an Aaron Donald. I mean, yeah, that's where some of those guys come from, but you're getting a lot of great talent later in, in the draft. And in his you know mindset is like, I'll just go get that Aaron Donald type of player or the Jalen Ramsey type of player, Brandon cooks, another one that he just went and got uh, via the trade. So I, I like his style of doing it. And I think, you know, until uh, we get to that point a couple years down the road where we seem like we're out of money and then he's just going to continue to do that. Just leverage those future picks and, and keep finding wiggle room uh, to move forward. We've got plenty more coming up with Dean from the Rams brothers. Uh, we're going to talk about offense, defense a little bit more, go into uh, some of the expectations for the second half of the season. More of that coming up Tuesday edition, Lockdown Rams, right after this. Last year, I talked to you about my man, Dave Robles. He's out here in the real estate game, killing it. He works with a group called Think Real Estate. They're a part of Keller Williams, and he is hands down the best in the game out here in Los Angeles. If you are looking to buy or sell a home, you have to contact Dave immediately. He has been a top producing realtor in LA for over 20 years. He knows Los Angeles in and out. He is a LA native. He's a Rams fan. I've had multiple conversations with him. He is a super awesome guy. All you got to do, go check out his website, daverobles.com. That's D-A-V-E-R-O-B-L-E-S.com. Or just give him a call, 213-712-4343. Tell him Bear Motter and mention you heard him on Lockdown Rams. And this is where it gets interesting, folks. He is willing to give you season tickets in the new stadium, 2020, for the Rams season tickets if you buy or sell a home with them listen i'm thinking right now i'm in an apartment i'm thinking how do i get out of here and buy a damn home right now because 2020 season tickets season tickets to the brand new stadium dave robles is gonna get you a seat all you gotta do buy or sell a home hit them up even if you're just thinking if you're throwing this idea around or even now you heard you can get season tickets and you're telling your wife we gotta move now call them 213-712-4343 or go to daverobles.com. That is D-A-V-E-R-O-B-L-E-S.com. Also sponsoring the podcast and potentially sponsoring your wallet is mybookie.ag. Game-winning touchdowns on a two-minute drive, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to throw a little cash down on them. 
So do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. Whether you like betting on fantasy players, they got you covered there. Do you like parlays, betting a little bit, winning a lot? If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet on the NFL season, this is the best time of the year. My favorite is betting in-game, live, during the action. Let's say the Rams are down 10 at half. You think they're going to come back and win. You can bet, hedge your bet, however you want to do it. But you can bet during the action. I love that part of this with my bookie. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Everything litty, I love when it's hot. Turn to the city, I broke out the notch. Got some more minutes, I keep me a notch. Created history, it made me a lot. He tried to diss me and any no fox. All right, we are back. We've got Dean from the Rams Brothers, the pod. If you guys are not listening to that, you must. It is a great listen, as I said in the beginning. It uh, brings me back. I've had my brother here on the podcast. I know how much fun that is for you guys to do. Uh, and really, you guys have been putting out some awesome stuff. So uh, go follow him at the Rams Brothers. And then your personal Twitter, I don't have it in front of me. What is it? Where can they find you? It's at Rams Brothers. You guys can find us on Twitter. And if you guys want to send us an email, ramsbrotherspod at Gmail. Uh, we're still working on all the other social media outlets. So for right now, you guys can find us on Twitter. We're on Apple Pods. We're on all the, the big time podcast networks. So give us a give us a listen. And Brad, I very much appreciate the shout out. You're, you're the best for having us on. Oh man, dude, I loved it when you guys first started get going and and you know listen to your guys' podcast. Like I said, it, it reminds me of throwback of you know when I, when I had my brother on here and just having fun. And really, the days when I was with Rams podcast with James Kroger and we just have a couple beers and throw a podcast together. And before you knew it, you were an hour and a half in and you you had a good time. And everyone that listens feels that same stuff. So always love having you guys on here because not only. Uh, are you guys fun to talk to? But you, you know what you're talking about, which is always another uh, you know requirement for what you're doing. So uh, I love doing that. And with that, we'll kind of kick back into the football talk. Uh, you know, the offense has been through it all this year. I mean, people trash talking the O line, people trash talking Gurley, which by the way, I finally took to social media today and just kind of had a little rant session and was like, you know, give the guy a break. He's got ten carries. He averaged four and a half yards per carry. Uh, until we start giving him the ball more later in the season, it's tough to really figure out where he's at. He's not limping on the field. Uh, he doesn't look slower. That was my little mini rant today. But then people are trash-talking Goff and, you know, some of the play that he's had. And, and to be fair, you know, these groups and these players have struggled at times this year, whether it's in production or accuracy or confidence or, you know, whatever it may be. But in your eyes, do these factors play big roles in moving forward? Or do you feel good with where this team is, especially after that two-game winning streak going into the bye? I feel good with where the team is, but I mean, obviously, Goff and Gurley are always going to be big time factors. But I think that w- what they're doing in the backfield, I mean, obviously, I would like for them to involve Todd Gurley a little bit more in the passing game, which then leads to the play action and it sets up the run game a little bit more. But, you know, all of those things kind of have to work in tandem. But, you know, Daryl Henderson is playing really well and Malcolm Brown's going to come back and play just as well. Um, so, you know, I expect, you know, Gurley and Goff to play to a certain level at this point in their career, especially with Goff. He threw for 372 yards against the Bengals with ease, with two touchdowns, no picks, even though they probably should have thrown a couple interceptions <laughs> right. or were dropped 
at that point. Um, but obviously, they're, they're the two most important pillars on the field when it comes to the offense. But at the running back position, it doesn't necessarily matter who you have on the field. I don't think Rams fans necessarily care if it's Henderson or it's Malcolm Brown or it's John Kelly or it's Todd Gurley. As long as the Rams figure out a way to win the game. I mean, Todd Gurley can get seven carries. He can get 27 carries. It doesn't necessarily matter. Um, but I, I still see the productivity productivity level of Gurley. The potential of it can still skyrocket, and I still think that they're preserving him for certain moments in the season. You know, whether it's late against San Francisco or it's against Seattle or you know, whenever it is, just to try and make a playoff push. It may not have been the approach that they were looking for. Maybe they were hoping that they can utilize him in the fourth quarter as a closer, let Henderson start games, or you know, however they they imagined it. It's not necessarily working out that way, and a lot of that has to do with the offensive line, and that's another reason why you can say that Jared Goff isn't always himself. Um, but all of those things come into account when you're talking about just the over-evaluation of the team. And I feel like they're in a really good spot right now going into the bye just because they were able to pick up a couple of easy wins, get back on track, reestablish that identity. And now it's, it's you know, a completely different season going into Pittsburgh. Well, I love you said that word there because I said it for like three straight weeks when we were struggling was that offensive identity. We didn't have one. And finally, it seems like in these last two games, as you mentioned, we finally got back to one. You know, the, the mixing combo of running and throwing Jared Goff looking like himself again, protection, all those things that were important and really were kind of the, you know, sore spots during our losing streak really kind of came together. And and I'm with you on, on Todd Gurley and the backfield is really, I don't care who gets it done. I just want to see a commitment to the run and, and a good balanced attack because it really helps out Jared Goff. And that's bringing in, you know, if that's bringing in Daryl Henderson and giving him split carries, I don't think I mind that. The one thing that I am, you know, cause of concern is when we get to week 14, 15, 16, or in the playoffs, or whenever we start to turn that knob up on the you know activity of Todd Gurley, is he going to be ready for that and be able to kind of handle that in stride? Or is this kind of like, you know, you always hear like warming up the car before you go out in the cold. Like, does he need that slow increase throughout? And I think that's something we'll have to wait and see, but they have a pretty good understanding that that's either what they're waiting for or that they've got multiple guys back there that can do it. I guess with the other question to kind of lead it in with Daryl Henderson, do you want to see more of him, even if that means cutting into the Todd Gurley usage? Or do you think right now is a good balance of, you know, last game they split it almost 50-50. I mean, how do you want to see them use those two those two guys, you know, in tandem? If I'm being dead honest, I I don't necessarily care if they utilize Henderson at all. As long as they can get the job done right. and they can figure out a way to get a win, it, it really doesn't matter. But I, I do feel like Henderson, the potential with him is is so high. And, you know, to be able to utilize him in the passing game and, you know, maybe a split backfield, you could really get creative. And I still think that McVeigh is is a little bit hesitant to do a couple things um, in the backfield and maybe run out of a different couple, you know, a couple different personnel groupings. Um, but, you know, aside Aside from that, the utilization of him, I think it was completely split down the middle yesterday. Um, they both went, I think it was a total, what, Gurley maybe had 14 and uh, I don't know how many. Um, I think it was 11 uh, and 10. Yeah, yeah it was 11 and 10. Yeah. Or, right, whatever it was. Total 21 carries. They went for 95 yards. I mean, it's it's going to be split right down the middle if you're going to utilize them that way. Um, but I, I still feel like there's tremendous potential with him. And, you know, we've seen it in spurts and it, he's just going to continue to get better. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. And. I think the tough thing for a lot of people, and including me at times, is is how much you're paying Todd Gurley. So you're thinking, 
the money given out, you you want some of that in return. And I understand the frustration for some fans on that, and even occasionally my frustration. But I think I'm more a little bit towards your side of like as long as we're just utilizing those running backs because Todd Gurley, folks, I don't care if you think he's you know got arthritis or not, he is still a very valuable running back in this league. So we've got to get the ball in his hands. You mentioned that passing attack. I, you know, I actually saw. And I don't, I don't know who it was. It might have been uh, Bate on Twitter that said, you know, he saw he was looking at games from last year and that Tennessee Titans game. Gurley had as many catches in that game as he had rushing attempts in this last game that he was that utilized in the passing game. And I'm hoping that Henderson will start to get in there and get involved a little bit. But we also have to look at some of the other guys. Uh, Cooper Cup, I know he was out about half the season last year. And, and so now we've got another guy that has been amazing and probably – you know, comeback player of the year. I talked about this the other day and has a chance at maybe offensive player of the year if he keeps going at this pace. Uh, but he's eating into targets in the receiving world. And then Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby, we've worked the tight ends a lot more, something that us as fans and people covering them have really looked for Sean McVay to do. So uh, we're, we're doing it in other ways. It's not like we're just totally ignoring uh, the running back, but we're finding other ways to get the ball to other people. So that's kind of cutting into things. Uh, we're going to pick this up on the other side. I got other things to kind of ask you about and then kind of looking forward how we are looking at this team and really what our expectations are. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the trades. Uh, we'll get into Brandon Cooks, all that and more coming up Tuesday edition Lockdown Rams right after this. Everything litty, I love when it's hot. Turn to the city, I broke out the night. Got some more millies, I keep me a knot. I created history, it made me a lot. He tried to diss me and any no fox. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Third and final segment. We've got Dean from the Rams Brothers on with us today. We are talking kind of a bi-week chat here as we have no game this week. And uh, I don't know what the Monday night score is, but when I came in here to have the conversation, it was 14-3 uh, Dolphins. And that just kind of just just shocks my world and, and kind of lets you know, you know, that is the team we've got next is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They'll have another game uh, before they face us again. But we will be playing in Pittsburgh and Miami is putting out a little blueprint here, which I never thought I'd say of how to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I'm sure Sean McVay is even though on the bye, probably watching this game somewhere. I uh, want to talk about let's talk about Brandon Cooks because. I'm a little worried here and not so much worried of production and worried about what we're going to do with them and if we should trade them or the money we're paying you know, for him, but worried that he's had two concussions this month. He's had four in the past two years. Um, talking about that money, he's got about $40 million left on his deal. The dead cap money uh, that would hit the Rams would be at $21 million next year, $13 million in 2021. What do we do with Brandon Cooks? Is this something that he needs to evaluate uh, as far as how many more concussions can he go through? And then really for the Rams, if you're looking at an exit strategy, is it trade? Is it let the man retire? I, I mean, what are your thoughts on Brandon Cooks and, and what's going on with him and his health? Yeah, it's kind of an awkward situation just on a human level right. for the poor guy. Just because he's, you know, he's in a situation now where where he's he could potentially make $40 million over the next couple of years. But he also has to worry primarily about his health. And four concussions, you know, over the last couple of years is extremely alarming. And it's all stuff that 
to continue to to happen to him just because of the way that he plays the game. So I'm extremely concerned just from, you know, like just a human being level. I don't care about the contract. I don't care about, you know, anything else that kind of, you know, hums around that stuff, you know, where he's going to be next year. You're just kind of concerned about, you know, the way he's going to be able to progress in his career, you know, based on his sample size of lowering his head and being so small and just the kind of game that he plays. So I'm, I'm absolutely concerned. I am going to be closely watching him for the rest of the season. You know, if he's able to get back on the field that, you know, he's just kind of maybe making tweaks to his game to avoid that kind of contact. Yeah, and I'm totally with you. And it makes it a very interesting thing to cover and try to give, especially as we have this trade deadline right here. And his name's been floating around there. Uh, and I'm not sure even if he is tradable at this point, because I think in a, in a in a trade scenario, you have to pass a physical. I don't know if you can like waive those rights as far as if a guy's in concussion protocol. But for him, really, as a person, you sounds just, like a lawsuit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sounds like a big old mess that you just don't even know what to do with and don't want to really want. And then going back to the human element of it. Um, he's been a fan favorite because he just seems like an awesome guy. He's a down to earth person. Uh, you know, just seems really awesome. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate kind of goes, and I know this is a different injury, but I was always a huge fan of Brandon Roy in basketball. And he went through knee surgery after knee surgery in his career. You know, one of those guys that you looked at that could have been, you know, a 10 time all-star and really left a mark in this league. And Brandon cooks is slowly kind of getting into that category where, you know, he did three or four straight years with a thousand, uh, receiving yards and, you know, over seven touchdowns. And he was putting this great resume down on, on, you know, tape and, and into the record books. And now here he is, you know, really has to think about, you know, how he comes back from this concussion and really, you know, when's the right time to come back. Obviously they have protocols for this stuff, but they don't really, as far as, Hey dude, you've had four in the last two years. At what point, uh, and we've seen some of the the bad side of the CTE and everything like that. So at what point do you go, it's just probably not worth it. I've got my X amount of millions previously, but he's a competitor. You know, he's committed this team. There's there's a lot of interesting things that are going to continue to happen from this. So um, we'll see what happens with Brandon Cooks. So I think we're both on the same page as far as wishing him luck and hopefully uh, not so much luck, but just health. Uh, get back healthy, and, and if he can contribute with this team, we've seen him be able to do that. But really, at this point, just want to make sure that he's okay. Uh, with that trade deadline, it is on Tuesday afternoon, and as as you guys are listening to this, it's today. Um, they're going to be having you know a cutoff deadline as far as trades. Sean McVay kind of said at his press conference after the game that he wouldn't rule out that the Rams were done making moves. Do you see a, the Rams making a move, and do you think they need to? Uh, if you think they do, what position would you probably go for? I don't necessarily see them making any moves. Um, I, I think that they're comfortable with the offensive line right now. I think that they brought in some depth. I think that Cromer's kind of happy with the you know the way David Edwards is playing. You know, I don't, I don't think they're going to do anything from a cornerback position. But I mean, obviously, the two players that are on everybody's radar is Trent Williams and Chris Harris Jr. But I, you know, I don't necessarily see them making that big of a splash again, just because of what happened with Jalen Ramsey and how much shook up you know that day moving Marcus Peters and bringing in Kenny Young. I don't necessarily feel like they have any more moves left in the bag, but it's less need. So you never really know. That is exactly it is less need and you never really know. I'm with you. I don't think they happens, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I don't think we're going to go get a big name like you mentioned, right? I'll agree with you there. I wouldn't be surprised if we get somebody, um, you know, that maybe is on that second tier or somewhere in that level of an offensive lineman where it continues to add some depth, because I think at this point, uh, we figured out that Jamil Demby is not the answer. And no matter, 
you know, what happens moving forward. I don't think he's going to be a part of the plan right now. He's still on the active roster, but I wouldn't be surprised if we try to upgrade that position and really get a little bit more depth there. Who's available? I don't know. That's Les Snead's job to really figure out because I think right now there's, you know, the big names that we know that are disgruntled, but I think there's a lot of players that uh, you'd be surprised that could go on the move. And I think Les Snead's like a little kid at heart. And I think that's the other reason why I almost think that he wants to do it is because I think he just likes doing trades. I think the the opportunity to improve your team via getting uh, or, you know, reading talent and seeing what your coaches can do. I think they have that much trust in our coaching staff to bring in somebody that's not working somewhere else. Obviously, we saw that with the Austin Corbett uh, deal. You know, the whole word on him was that the Browns, you know, had some pretty good talent, but couldn't really, you know, get him moving forward in the right direction. The Rams said, hey, I think we can do it. So we'll see, though. Like you said, you never know uh, with, you know, what Les Snead is thinking and how he's going to move forward. So um, kind of to wrap it up here, you know, we're sitting here at the bye, five and three. We come out, you know, I mentioned we go to Pittsburgh. We've got a couple home games, Bears, Ravens at home. Um, what are your thoughts coming out of this break and how you think we're going to kind of come out of it and really expectations for this second half and where this Rams team can really land in the NFC West? Well, I think that, you know, it's not unfair to set expectations high just because this team has so much potential and they have the right personnel in place and you know everything's, you know, happy-go-lucky in that regard. But, you know, they still have that three-game skid and they still have also that potential to make a lot of mistakes and they've shown us that this year. So I think there's still a level of uncertainty. Um, I still feel confident in the fact that Seattle may lose a couple games down the stretch, um, you know, for them to maybe bounce out of that wild card spot and for us to jump in maybe as the fifth or sixth seed. You know, I see potential there. I don't necessarily see San Francisco. They're, they're proving to us every single week how great they are. Um, but they have some interesting games coming up later. I think it's the last six games in their schedule are really, really difficult. They got to play us. They got to play Dallas. They got to play Green Bay. You know, there's a lot of, of moving pieces there. So they're going to have to prove it to us maybe two, three times in that back of the schedule. But I also feel like, you know, we're, we got some pretty tough games down the stretch, too. I mean, we still have to play Arizona twice. We don't necessarily really know what they are yet until we play them. Um, and then you got Seattle and you got San Francisco again. I think Baltimore at home is going to be a difficult game. Uh, you know, all, all these 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 games are are not you know the most guaranteed win. You know, they're not all automatically winnable games. So the you know they're going to struggle at times, and I think that that's going to have to be expected just based on how the season has been going. And you shouldn't set your expectations all the way up high to the sky, but you know you know you should also feel confident in the fact that this team has the potential to make a playoff push, and it's definitely not unlikely for them to really put everything together, especially after the last three weeks. Uh, you know, them kind of, you know, coming off of emotional losses, you know, putting everything together against Atlanta and then really kind of, you know, setting themselves in a really good position going into the bye. So feel confident, Rams fans. It's going to be OK. I like that. And be confident. And I think that we can really start to pick up that the Rams as a team are starting to get some confidence. And you heard uh, Andrew Whitworth and actually you tweeted it out. It was basically a, sh- a shortened version of the postgame speech from Andrew Whitworth. And he basically said, let's go win eight in a row. Let's let's put all the outside noise aside. Let's go on a winning streak. Let's win eight in a row and show who we are. And it was like, I mean, I saw that video you posted and I was just amped up. I was just like, yes, that is the attitude you want from your team. And you talk about the schedule for the Niners. I mean, this is how their season ends. They play the Cardinals twice in three weeks, which I think is just tough no matter who you play. Because if you play a team that close together, they have an opportunity to kind of catch you off guard or learn some things you're doing. They got the Seahawks twice and it ends with Packers, Ravens, Saints, Falcons, 
Uh, us, the Rams, and then Seahawks. Their last two games are against the Rams and the Seahawks. And I think that they had that early bye that later in the season, they're going to be begging and wishing that they didn't have a bye week four or whatever it was early in the season. They've got a brutal stretch. I think you're right that the Rams, uh, again, anything can happen in the NFL, but I think that they're going to have a chance to put themselves in a position for a wild card at least. And definitely, I still think there's an opportunity to keep winning, especially looking at you know who we have and where we are with, like we talked about with the confidence, uh, to still make a push for our third uh, you know, back to back to back of winning the NFC West. I, I think it's a, a tough road ahead, but I definitely still think we've got confidence getting into that wild card. Both those teams have a lot of tough matchups, as do us. But uh, as a Sean McVay thing to end this, you just got to focus on yourself, win the ball game right ahead of you, and take it one week at a time. But uh, Nick, I appreciate it so much. Dean, I appreciate it so much. Thanks so much for coming on and chatting with us. Again, go check out Rams Brothers, the pod. If you guys haven't yet, uh, go find them on social media. Interact with them. They are always tweeting back with you guys uh, and saying some awesome stuff. So I appreciate it. I uh, look forward to chatting with you again. And uh, hopefully this Rams team continues to go. And we'll be talking about playoff football next time we uh, get on the mic together. Yeah, that sounds good to me, Brad. And Rams fans, you can look forward to Brad joining Rams Brothers, the pod, in the coming weeks. I think next week we're going to try to get you on. So, uh, Brad, we very much appreciate you guys having on. And everybody that that spends the time listening and, and spends the time listening to Brad's podcast because I know how, how great of a job he does. And you know, everybody else that's kind of involved in this, this podcast community, we very much appreciate the inter- interaction. So keep it up, guys. Uh, we love it. And keep the confidence up because, like you said, Brad, there's still an opportunity to win that division. And keep watching that Andrew Whitworth video because I watched it about 30 times. And you know, after a while, it just sinks in and you, you start to become optimistic all the time. So keep it up, guys. You'll, we'll be fine. I love it. I was there 30 times with you. And, I, and, and probably half <laughs> of them, I had my hand up like I was in the huddle, like, you know, chanting at the very end, family on three, let's go. I'm all about it. So uh, I will definitely be joining you guys on the podcast uh, anytime. Definitely can't wait for that. And we'll make sure to share it to all our listeners here as well. But with that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace. Everything litty, I love when it's hot. Turned to the city, I broke out the notch. Got some more millies, I keep me a knot. I created history, it made me a lot. He tried to diss me and any no fox. We call him Chossy, cause they gonna chop. Took her out of phallus, cause her pussy pop. I run it like Nike, we got it on lock. Cardiac, I'm the boss man in a suit with no tie. I can't be sober, I gotta stay high. Put me some syrup in the can and it's dry. Riding this special like Bunny and Clyde. Don't worry, baby, I keep me some fire. Shit,